Well, hey, and welcome to the Quad City Podcast, where we are on mission to make more and better disciples of Jesus everywhere, always. We're so glad you're joining us in that today. Well, before we dive into today's sermon, would you do me a quick favor? Would you go ahead and open your app store and search Quad City Christian Church? Download our app because it's the best way to stay connected with what's happening here at Quad City. If you're new joining us for the first time, click that new here form as we'd love to reach out and connect with you. You could also submit prayer requests and even give on that same app. It's the best way to stay connected here at Quad City. Well, hey, now that that's out of the way, let's go ahead and dive into our sermon from Sunday. We hope you enjoy. Jason, I'm one of the pastors here, and we are honored that you've chosen to start your year off by worshiping with us here at Quad City Christian Church. And I want to welcome all of those who are joining us online from whenever and wherever you are. So grateful to have you a part of the Quad City family. Um, If you are uh, joining us for the first time, today's going to feel a little bit different for you. Uh, Actually, it won't feel any different because you have no idea what we do here. But for those who've been around for a little while, it may feel a little bit different. Uh, The rhythm of our church over about the last decade is we always take the first Sunday of the year and we, we call it our family meeting. And it's a chance for us to spend some time together and we reflect a little bit on what God has done in the past year and we start to look forward in, into what God, we anticipate God doing in the year to come. And so that has become the rhythm of our church. It's a chance for us to remember, refocus, and to celebrate. And so if you are a newcomer with us and you walk out today and you think, well, that wasn't much of a sermon, that's because it's not much of a sermon, okay? So that's not, that's not what we're doing today. You'll have to come back next week for that. Uh, today is our family meeting. And This has become a very important Sunday for me, and I'll tell you why. Because I feel a very real sense of responsibility to you. I feel a very real responsibility. I feel it is my duty to make sure that you, as the Quad City Church, that you know what me as the lead pastor, our staff, and our elders are up to. And and I believe that it is a right and godly sense of responsibility, heavy though it may be. I, I believe it's the same responsibility that the Apostle Paul felt. When he wrote to the Corinthian church in 2 Corinthians, he writes this letter and he's taken up this offering from the church, and he's going to go collect the offering from the church, and he's going to distribute it to some believers in Jerusalem. So they're entrusting entrusting him with this gift. And it's in, in thinking about that gift and him coming to get that gift that Paul writes this. He says, we want to avoid any criticism of the way that we administer this liberal gift. 
For we are taking pains to do what is right, not only in the eyes of the Lord, but also in the eyes of men. Paul is saying to this church, he recognizes, you all are entrusting me with this very liberal gift. And I want you to know that I take that seriously. And he feels a weight to not break their trust. I want you to note what he says here. We are taking, we are taking pains to do what is right. We're, we're going to work hard to do the right thing to avoid any kind of criticism because we want to do the right thing not only in the eyes of the Lord but also in your eyes. So, so Paul feels this way. Yes, I want to do what God calls me to do. That's first and foremost. But it's really important also that we're doing the right thing in your eyes. This is your gift and you've entrusted it to me and I want to do the right thing as we administer this gift. And so that's the same kind of weight that I feel. I feel this pressure to do the right thing in the eyes of God first, sure, but also in the eyes of you because it is you as a church body that has entrusted me and our leadership to lead you as we serve here at Quad City. So, this is an important week for me, personally, to bring you up to speed on some of the things that have happened in the last year that you may or may not be aware of, and also to share with you some things that are coming that you may or may not be aware of. So, I want to start by looking back a little bit. One of the most important sermon series that we did, I felt like, in the last year was a series we called Ecclesia. And this was a series to help everybody, all of us who call Quad City our church, to help us understand what it means to be a part of this church. This word ecclesia means, as it says, a called out gathering, an assembly, a congregation. It's used 117 times in your New Testament. Most often it's translated as a church. But the problem with that translation for us is that we often think of church and it becomes just the building. This is more than that. This is the gathering. This is the, the congregation, the assembly that makes up the ecclesia. And there are millions of ecclesias, gatherings around the world that are meeting today. There are tens of thousands of them in the state of Arizona. There are dozens of them, maybe hundreds even in our own Quad City area. These ecclesias. And they're all a little bit different a little bit unique based on their own gifts and abilities and leadership and desire. So they're all a little bit different. So we took this time, about a month, to talk about what, what makes this ecclesia special. What makes this ecclesia, this gathering, this called out assembly of people, what makes this place unique? Because they're all a little bit different. So what makes this one special? What is God called this place to be. And so that's what we spoke about for, the last, for, for a month uh, this past year. And we came up with four distinctives that make Quad City Church, Quad City Church, the fingerprints of this church. What makes it distinctive? And we shared four things, and I want to walk through them with you again as a reminder to help you understand who we are, but also to use those as a grid to help you understand how those four distinctives played out in what we did as a church 
in the last year. So here's the first one. The first distinctive that makes this place special is that we teach the Bible. I'm not saying that other churches don't, but, but that's what makes this church this church. In fact, this is the thing that, that I hear more often than anything else of why you're here. Like the reason you show up to this ecclesia as opposed to the dozens of others or hundreds of others in the Quad City, this is the thing that pops up most often. That you come because we teach the Bible. That we share the hard things Not just the easy things. That we're going to tell the truth, the good and the bad. That we're going to open up the word of God and we're going to do our best to teach the scriptures. This is why you tell me that you're here. And so this is what we do. This is what we do every week as we teach the Bible. Over the last year, there was a couple of ways that that came about that, that were impactful for me. One was we did a big series through the life of Joseph And I hope if you were here, you'll remember this one big truth over the life of Joseph that I wanted you to remember is that in the story of Joseph, you're not Joseph, okay? You're the evil brother that sold Joseph into slavery. That's who you are in the story if you want to find yourself there. But what we find in the story of Joseph is we find the gospel of Jesus. And my hope was that in looking at the life and the ministry of Joseph, that you'd actually see the life and ministry of Jesus. And that studying Joseph would help you to love Jesus even more. Another big series we did last year was a a series called I Do, where we, we... We went digging around the biblical underpinnings of the promises that we made for those of us who are married that we made on our wedding day. And we worked our way through our wedding vows. And I know for many of you, this was a tough one. This was one of those hard series for us to work through as a family. But I pray that God uses it to strengthen us in our commitments to one another. This fall... We worked through the book of the Bible called Philippians, line by line. We spent 11 weeks going through those four chapters. We even had a daily uh, activity study guide uh, to find even more ways to connect to the Word of God together. So these are just a few of the ways that we played out this this value to teach the Bible. And it doesn't just happen here on Sunday mornings. It happens in all of our environments, children's, students, men's, women's. We see this all over. But this is what we do. And the cool thing about this last year is that we had more people who experienced Quad City Church teaching the Bible than ever before. Like this, this played out more than ever in the history of our church, both in person and through our online platforms. So just give you a bit of an update. Our in-person average attendance was over 1,000 people per weekend in 2021, which is huge, especially considering that we didn't, we didn't get back to 1,000 until Easter. We were bumping it in before COVID, and then it was just like up and down, up and down for two years, 18 months. It didn't, until Easter of this year, we didn't hit 1,000 again. 
But it was like once Easter came, everybody came back and was like, oh, we can go to church again. And so from that moment, the in-person gathering just continued to grow and grow and grow. And we've been so excited to see that happen. And I just want you to know what an anomaly that is in church world today. Um, I'm connected to a lot of pastors. I was at a conference in the fall, and most churches in America right now are averaging somewhere between 60 and 70% of their pre-COVID numbers in, in attendance. Um, we're somewhere between 110 and 120% of our pre-COVID numbers. Yeah, you can clap for that. But it's not just about having butts in the seats. What's the point? We teach the Bible, which means because of that, because of that continued growth, more people are experiencing God's word in and through the ministry of Quad City than they have ever before. And even with the significant growth of the in-person experience, the online growth has continued to be very strong with about 200 households being a part of our live stream every Sunday. Like right now, I just went on there somewhere. Yeah, you can clap for that. This service right now in that camera on the other side in your living room, there's between 50 and 70 households right now joining in. We have no idea how many people are there. You may be sitting there on your phone or in a living room with six people. We have no idea, but there's about 200 devices that are logged on right now. Uh, this, this morning, that will be logged on this morning. And so it's so amazing. And the cool thing for me is just to see, again, where they're coming from. These are people who have logged on to our live stream this past year. Now, the funny thing about this is, this does not include people who watch later. This, this, that 200 number does not include you when you're sleeping in and you watch it on Tuesday, or listen to the podcast, or download the app, or whatever you do on a Thursday because you had something going on on the weekend. No, these are just people who are live streaming the thing. These are representing those people. And they're coming from everywhere. This is not your, your aunt in Nantucket that you said sent her the link on Tuesday. You ought to watch this. We're not talking about her. These are just people who are watching right now during the live stream. A couple of months ago, I was standing up uh, in the upper parking lot where I often do greeting people as they come in. And I always try to connect with people. And if I notice somebody that I haven't seen before, I'll try to make an introduction and I'll walk them in. And there was a young couple that came in, probably late 20s, early 30s. And they, I hadn't met them or, or didn't remember them, so I went and introduced myself. And I said, well, how long have you been attending Quad City? And they said, well, we've been online for about a year. And I said, well, wow, that's great. Where are you, where are you from? What brings you here today? Well, we're actually, we actually live in L.A. I'm like, L.A.? And what brought you to Prescott today? Well, we came to go to church. What? He said, yeah. I'm like, how did you, wait, how did you connect some dots for me? He said, well, I'm a mountain biker. I like to mountain bike, and I was looking for some place in Arizona to mountain bike. I saw some stuff in Sedona, wanted something a little closer, found Prescott. I told my wife about it. We started looking around, and we found your church. And the church that we've been in, in California, they had 
They've been meeting outdoors for 18 months, and we wanted just to be in a room with, with our church. So we've been watching for a year, and we decided to come and experience in person what we'd only experienced online. Yeah, and that's what we're doing through our online experience, and it's great. How many of you, in fact, let me ask this, how many of you, before you ever showed up into this room, uh, participated online before you got here? Yeah, that's the norm now. That's how, that's how people get connected. It is the front door of the ministry of Quad City. But I do want to say this. For those of you who are watching online right now from whenever and wherever you are, however many's with you today, it is a gift that we have that online experience, but I just need you to know, online is a great way to consume content. It is a terrible way to create community. I think we all learned this, if nothing else, during COVID, right? That, that the online is great for, for receiving content. You can get on a Zoom call and receive content. You can see information. You can even chat with people. But it is a terrible way to create community. And so I want to challenge those of you on the other side of that screen to make sure that you don't just settle for consuming content. God created you for community. We'll talk about this in just even more in just a moment. There is something different about worshiping together. When we are singing in this room, it is not the same as being in your living room. It's just not. Even, even sharing in this message right now, it is different when you're sitting alone on your couch and your dog's running around and somebody's vacuuming and the kid's crying and your husband's doing scrambled eggs, right? It's just not the same. There's too many distractions for most of us Sitting in our living room is just not the same as being a part of an ecclesia, of a gathering of people. And so I know that it is a great option for many of you in this season, but I'm just begging you, don't settle for consuming content. God made you, more, made you for more than that. Come be a part of the community. And so we hope that we will see you here in this coming year. Here's the second distinctive is that we do the hard things. We do the hard things. And what do we mean by that? When we say as a church, we do the hard things. What we mean by that is that we're here to obey Jesus. That it's not enough for us just to receive Bible lessons. We want to live biblical lives. And if we're being followers of Jesus, Jesus calls us to do hard things. Obedience to Jesus is not easy. So, Beyond studying the Bible, we want to be marked by obedience. And that happened in 10,000 different ways over the last year. Every time someone chose obedience over disobedience, that value was put into practice. Every time somebody chose the hard path over the convenient path, every time somebody chose what was difficult over what was comfortable, we saw this value put into practice amongst us. It happened when our men's ministry helped move a disabled military vet with four kids, not once but twice, so that he could find permanent housing. 
It happened when a team of volunteers cooked and served over 1,300 meals to the homeless right here in Prescott, right out of our own kitchen. It happened every time that a mother and a father chose to fight for each other rather than just with each other. It happened every time a volunteer decided to come and participate uh, by being a servant instead of just being served. It happened every time anyone in our ecclesia decided to confess their sin. And it happened every time someone in our ecclesia offered forgiveness of sin. That's obedience to Jesus. It's doing the hard things. Again, it happened 10,000 different ways in this church. Every time we walked in obedience to Jesus in our personal lives. But there are also a few ways that we do the hard things collectively, not just individually. So let me just share a couple of those. One of the biggest ways that we collectively are obedient to Jesus is through our sacrificial generosity. And as we give in obedience to Jesus, that is us doing the hard things. To sacrificially give to the kingdom of God out of our own personal resources. And, and your giving to the kingdom of God through the Quad City Christian Church, it blew me away this past year. Our giving was up some 35% over last year. And it was up 44% from two years ago. For the first time in our history as a church, your giving topped over $3 million to the kingdom of God through Quad City Christian Church. Yeah, it's amazing. It's amazing. And your generosity has opened up a world of ministry opportunities for us to step in and do hard things. I mean, it allowed me to lease a G6 and fly to Malibu a few times to speak on the coast and be back before supper, right? I'm just kidding. I wouldn't take a G6. Just drive the Lamborghini because it's always better going up the coast in a Lamborghini. No, I'm just kidding. But seriously, your sacrificial generosity has freed us to prepare for our PV campus launch without adding a penny of debt and without having to ask for any special offerings from our congregation. And just so you know, I'll give you a couple of the costs on that. The equipment alone uh, to, to do the load in, load out every week to launch that campus, just the equipment was over $300,000. And again, we just were able to pay for that out of the general offerings because of your generosity. And today I have some hot off the presses news that I want to share with you. This just happened over about the last 10 days. Because of your generosity, we were able to actually sign a letter of intent to buy an eight-acre parcel of land that will become the permanent home of Quad City Christian in Prescott Valley. Because we want, we, we're not in this for us. We want this to be a legacy that gets passed on. We want to create a permanent footprint for the kingdom of God in Prescott Valley. And so... Just to give you a, a bird's eye view, this is the middle school there on Glassford Hill Road where we will be launching our campus. And 
And uh, diagonally across this intersection is this eight-acre parcel. This is the land that we are in negotiations to finalize the purchase. It is an amazing location right at East Long Look and Glassford Hill. Glassford Hill being the main north-south thoroughfare. We're uh, half a mile from Walmart, that whole district down there. Uh, This is Granville, thousands of homes. This piece of dirt is within 10 minutes of tens of thousands of homes that are coming into Prescott Valley, not to mention the thousands that are already there. And so this is an amazing opportunity that has been given to us. This is a prime piece of real estate. The location is amazing for us to place a church in the middle of this community. And the the reason that we were able to do that, the reason that we were able to jump on this opportunity is, again, because of your generosity. We're going to be able to put the down payment on this land and fold the mortgage right into our budget right now without having to ask you for an extra nickel because of your generosity. So thank you. Thank you. And we also recognize the need that if we're going to create this campus out here in Prescott Valley, we need a staff to help us to do that. And so again, because of your generosity, we were able to hire the staff that we needed to launch this campus. Um, And we put the hiring of staff under doing the hard things, because if any of y'all have tried to hire anybody in the last year, you know it's a hard thing to get anybody to want to Come and work. So we, however, have been so blessed that we've been able to build a great team. And I want to give you a couple of names of new faces on our team that if if you haven't met them yet, I want to make sure that you have the opportunity to introduce yourself. Uh, The first, this is Amy. And Amy is our children's director for Prescott Valley. And so she's joined our team a couple of months ago. If you drop your kids off in children's ministry today, likely you will see her there. And so big smile. That is uh, the smile she wears all the time. She's happy we haven't broke her yet. And so that's probably going to come. But... For now, she's happy, and so we are so grateful to have her as our children's director in Prescott Valley, so make sure you introduce yourself to her. This is Parker. Parker is going to be our tech director out in Prescott Valley. Right now, he's back there uh, behind the sound booth, and so you can turn around and wave to him. Parker's back there. Yes, we're glad to have him with us. And so when we launch out in Prescott Valley, we know there's a lot of technical stuff that has to happen to make that work. And so Parker joined our team a couple of months ago, has been learning what it means to do that here so that he can launch out and build a team to do that in Prescott Valley. And then lastly, because we are launching Ken out, Pastor Ken, to go and be the campus pastor there in Prescott Valley. We knew we had to backfill his role here. And so I want to introduce you to the newest of our team member. Uh, His name is Josh. So this is Josh. Welcome, Josh. So Pastor Josh comes to us from uh, Kentucky, been part of a big church there in central Kentucky, and is coming to be a part of this church. And so if you uh, know all of Ken's roles and responsibilities, all of that's getting dumped on Josh. So we're glad he has big shoulders. So we're grateful for him and his family being here and look forward to serving together for the next however many years God's got us here. So thank you for being here. Um, 
So make sure Josh will be out at Pastor's Point today. Make sure you come and say hello to him. If you want to get connected here at Prescott Christian, part of Josh's job is going to be that assimilation process to make sure that people get connected here at Quad City. So we're so glad that he's here. And good news for him, he just uh, had an, an offer accepted on a house, which is a miracle in and of itself here in Prescott. So we're really happy uh, for he and his family uh, there. His wife, Diana, they've got these three boys, and there's a two-month-old that's uh, not shown. So there's four of them. But we're so glad to have them, and hopefully you are too. Now, we talk about launching this campus. And again, that campus launch is us as, a, as an ecclesia committing to do the hard things. Because it would be a whole lot easier, a lot less stressful. I would have more hair and darker hair if we just decided to stay here and maintain the status quo. Just to stay here and enjoy what we have because we've got a relationship with Jesus and there's plenty of room for us here and we've got a great church to worship him with and we can all just stay here and be good. But the church does not exist for the people who are in it. The church exists for those who aren't in it, which is why starting in two weeks, we're going to have our first soft launch as we set out to do the kingdom work in Prescott Valley. So that happens in two weeks, and it will be hard, and we don't know what's going to happen. We've never done this before, but we're trusting. We're trusting God, and we're going to do our part to fulfill the Great Commission throughout the Quad City area. And we are grateful that so many of you have raised your hand and says, I'm in, I'll go and be a part of that. Again, that is us as a community choosing to do the hard things. And I don't even have time to tell you all the ways that your sacrificial giving and your serving has affected this community, uh, has, has affected missions around the world, benevolence opportunities. It's amazing to see what God has done when his church right here in the Quad City area chooses to do the hard things. Here's number three. We multiply disciples. We multiply disciples. That's our mission. That's why we exist. Every year, this is one of my favorite things to share with you is People surrendering their life to Jesus. I jumped ahead. People surrendering their life to Jesus. People getting baptized, choosing to participate in his death, his burial, his resurrection. Jesus gave us the command, go make disciples. How do we do that, Jesus? Baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. That's what we do. And this year, we got to experience more people getting baptized in our ecclesia than ever before. You already saw the number. We saw 79 people in the last year surrender their life and be baptized. Now, we know it's at least 79. I say at least because I know of a few that were in a pool, in a lake, in a hot tub, but we're not counting those. Those are just the people that got baptized right here. And five of them happened through our Christmas Eve services, which was amazing. It's amazing. We're here to multiply disciples. That's what God's called us to do, not just put more butts in the seats, but to see people come to Jesus. And we know that multiplying disciples 
requires us to make more disciple makers. Like we're not just here to create converts, we're here to create disciples who make disciples. Which is why I'm just as excited about the 79 of you who went through our No Grow Go class. Which is a a three week opportunity for you to learn not just how to grow in your own faith, but to actually take steps to help other people come to faith. 79 people went through that this year. We're so amazed at that. To give people tools to help others know Jesus. And we recognize, again, that, that the mission of the church is to make disciples. And because we believe that, our leadership has spent a lot of time over the last few months trying to formalize our mission for, for the next season of ministry for us. Jesus gave us the mission, go make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teach them to obey everything I've commanded you. That's the mission. But we want to figure out how can we formulate that mission in a way that we can all grab a hold of it so that we know it, so that we live it, so that we can go out and make a difference with it. And so we've restated our mission and we're going to be starting a series next week where we're going to roll that out to the church so that you and us together understand what we're here to do. And then we can go do it together. Here's number four. We believe that we are better together. This is what makes this ecclesia distinctive. This is our value. We believe that we are better together. We were never meant to be in a relationship with God alone. It is right and it is good for you to have a personal relationship with God. That is right and it is good. But you were never ever to have an isolated relationship with God. That doesn't exist in the kingdom. It should be personal. It should never be isolated. We are in this together. Think about this for a second. Do you remember the Lord's Prayer? Many of you all were taught the Lord's Prayer. How how does the Lord's Prayer begin? Anybody say it out loud. How does it begin? What was that first word again? Our. Our Father. When Jesus taught his disciples to pray, he taught them to pray Communally, our Father, we're in this together. That's the way God designed it from the beginning. In fact, let's go back to the beginning. Go back to Genesis chapter 2. God created man, put him in the garden, stepped back on the seventh day of creation, on the sixth day of creation, and said, It is very good. Look, Look at it. And in that moment, Adam had a relationship with God that was unfettered, unbroken by sin, untainted. He had a perfect relationship with his heavenly father. In fact, scripture says that God walked with him in the cool of the day, face-to-face relationship. There was no sin in the world to complicate, to get in the way. Adam had a kind of relationship that we will one day get to have with God. And yet, Before sin entered into the world, God looked down from heaven and he says, that's not good. It's not good. There's something not good. Well, what's not good? It's not good for man to be alone. Even with a perfect, unbroken relationship, all access to God the Father, God said, that's not good. 
Because Adam had a great relationship with God above him, had great power over the animals beneath him, but had no one to walk beside him. So God created for Adam a wife, someone who could journey with him. And what was true for Adam is true for us. No matter how great our relationship is with God, we need other people to walk this spiritual journey with us. And I'm amazed to see how that has played out here at Quad City through our men's ministry that just continues to grow, through our women's ministry that just continues to grow. It, the women's ministry exploded this last year. It was so amazing to see that there are now 20 active connection groups with over 160 women involved in them. And the ministry leaders told me that they had to cut it off to stop the registration because there were too many women jumping in and the groups were getting too big because all the women were trying to Invite other women in their life saying the accountability and the relationship and the, the, the community that I found in this group, you need it too, so come with me. And the groups just kept getting too big. Now the good news is that by the end of the month, the plan is to launch another 8 to 10 groups. So join in if you haven't. Find your community. Because here's what I know. We are better together. But if the only community that you have here at Quad City is what you find in this room with me yelling at you while you stare at the back of the head of the person in front of you, you're never going to feel connected. And eventually you're going to wander off and say, ah, there was nothing to hold me there. There was no relationship. There was no connection. Because you will never find it just sitting here staring at the back of the head of the person in front of you. You have to find a way to get into community. It happens through our men's ministry. It happens through our women's ministry. We still have life groups where we see this happen. Discipleship groups that are going over and over. Amazing year with our grief share ministry. There are so many ways for you to get connected. Let me, let me end with this. We as a church family have been blessed. We have been blessed with great resources. We have been blessed with great staff. We've been blessed with a great community reputation that allows us to have influence. We've been blessed with great opportunities to accomplish great things. But with those blessings and with those opportunities also come great responsibility. Jesus once told his disciples. Who then is the faithful and wise manager whom the master puts in charge of his servants to give them their food allowance at the proper time? It would be good for that servant whom the master finds doing so when he returns. Truly I tell you, he will put him in charge of all of his possessions. So he tells this story and he helps his disciples know, look, there's sometimes where the master gives responsibility to somebody else and goes away. And the expectation is that the ones that he gives that responsibility to will do what the master has told him to do. That's the goal. The master's gone. You do what the master has told you to do. I just need you to know we collectively have been given a responsibility by the master. The question is, what are we going to do while the master is gone? He continues. 
But suppose the servant says to himself, my master is taking a long time in coming. And he then begins to beat the other servants, both men and women, and to eat and drink and get drunk. In other words, the ones who was given the responsibility by the master says, ah, he ain't coming back. I mean, it's been like 2,000 years. Like, come on. How about we just ditch all the hard stuff that he's asking us to do, and we'll do the things that we want to do. We'll take advantage of people, we'll forget people, we'll abuse people, and we'll just sit back, eat, drink, and be merry. That's what we'll do. Jesus responds, the master of that servant will come on a day when he does not expect him, and at the hour he is not aware of, and he will cut him to pieces and assign him a place with the unbelievers. When you've been given a responsibility by the master, and he comes back and you have been neglectful, selfish, unable or unwilling to do what the master told you to do, Jesus has some pretty harsh words for what's going to happen to those people. The servant who knows his master's will and does not get ready or does not do what the master wants will be beaten with many blows. But the one who does not know and does the things deserving punishment will be beaten with a few blows. For from everyone who has been given much, much will be demanded. And from the one who has been entrusted with much, much more will be asked. To the one who knows the master's will and does not do it, there will be severe punishment. If you didn't know what you were supposed to do and didn't do it, there's still punishment, it just won't be as bad. Here's the bad news for us. We know the master's will. We know what we've been called to do. And we have been entrusted with much. Which means much will be asked of us. We've been given much, which means much will be demanded of us. So while it is good for us to sit here today and look back, we best not choke ourselves out as we're patting ourselves on the back today. Instead, we should be reminded that the master has given us everything we need to accomplish what he's called us to. And it is time, church, to put our nose to the grindstone and keep on going because the master's coming. And we want to be doing his work when he gets here. And so, church... Let's celebrate what God has done. Let's look forward to what he is going to do. And in the meantime, between his leaving and his coming, let's get to work and do what God has called us to do as a church. As my 15-year-old would say, let's go. Let's go. Let's be about the work that God's called us to. Father God, I thank you that you have blessed us. You have entrusted us with, with, with so many opportunities that we can't ignore. So I pray that as we step out in obedience with all the wisdom that we have, 
that you would use us to expand your kingdom throughout the Quad City and around the world. And it's in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Amen. And thank you so much for joining us today here at the Quad City Podcast. Hey, our desire is that we would each look more and more like Jesus every day, week, month, and year. And we know that that doesn't just come from learning more about him and his word, but by actually applying it to our lives today. We hope that you take this message that you heard today and apply it to your life in a way that makes you honor him. Well, thanks again for joining us today. Be sure to download the Quad City app and we will see you again next time.